And then we'll get going. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. May it pierce our hearts. May it bring uh, transformation in us. May it cause us to not only deeply recognize what you've done, but uh, be deeply thankful for what you've done. May it cause uh, repentance. May it bring hope. May it bring trust. May it bring life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So uh, I was doing a sermon series in uh, Matthew called Sermon on the Mount. So uh, we're going to continue on. Uh, so I paused for a, a few days and uh, now we're going to jump back in. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. So when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, uh, this is Jesus' longest recorded message. And, uh, and so, uh, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 1. So I'm going to be preaching from 1 to 4 this morning. And uh, we're just kind of... So here we go. You ready? Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Thus, when you give to the needy. Now, when we look at this, when we read this, like, okay, so we're supposed to give to the needy, right? This is such a good idea. Thus, when you give to the needy. So, when, that word when, do you know what it means? Yes, it means when you do it. Exactly. Right? So, so when we look at this word, this idea, this mentality, is that we, we obviously do it. This is already expected. In fact, during this culture, in this mindset, the biggest, the biggest things for righteous people to do, people right standing with God, was to give to the needy, was to pray, and was to fast. Those are the three big threes. So like, so if you're like, oh, Sean! 
on. He's a Christian. Or he's, he's Jewish, right? He's a Jewish believer. And oh, he's so righteous. He's in such a right standing with God. Oh, he's so amazing. So he's going to do th- three things. He's going to give to the needy. He's going to pray. And he's going to fast. Those are like, whoa, of course you do this. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. This is what you do. And so... Uh, before we can get on to giving to the needy, we have to address a bigger issue. So here's the issue. Two, well, why don't I just say it like this. Less than 3% of Christians tithe in the U.S. So we'll start right there. So what is tithing and what does that mean? Tithing, tithe actually means a tenth. Of all that I have. So we do this again because, because what God has provided and it reminds us of this blessing. This is not like, a, this is not like a, uh, maybe I should. This is to, this throughout scripture for all believers is, is a very clear point. You have a relationship with Jesus, then you trust him with all that you have. If you trust him with all that you have, you have that relationship. That means that you tithe, you give. Right? And so here, here's, here's all the like different discussions with it. Oh, that's an Old Testament thing. And let me tell you this, it's not. In Matthew, Jesus talks about you, when you give a tenth of all that you have. Right? So, so it's not just an Old Testament thing. Oh, well, that's the law thing, and Jesus covered that. Well, to be honest with you, uh, again, the, giving tithing predates the law. So we can't even say that. Right? Oh, well, you don't know how much I make. I, I, don't, I don't care how much you make. I mean, seriously, I have no idea how much anybody in here makes. This isn't a money thing. See, I mean, you have to know this. That when I, when I share about tithing, you have to know that Debbie and I tithe. We have for pretty much all of our marriage. We had to have a big conversation when we first got married. Are we going to do this? Or are we not? We make 400 bucks a month, babe. We hot dogs, fried hot dogs and macaroni and cheese. That's a big meal for us. That's super fancy. That's romantic. You know, that's... <laughs> oh, and we got ketchup. You got some ketchup bags from McDonald's. Let's pour it on that. Right? So we had to have this conversation. And we all have to have this conversation Right? I mean, so are we going to trust God with our finances or are we not? And so Debbie and I, when we first got married, we had this conversation. And you know what we decided? We decided that we were going to trust God with everything. Amen. So in the midst of that, or <laughs> I have found out that I say in the midst of a lot. Uh, with that being said, uh, we have trusted, so I, when I share this, this is not from like, uh, uh, I want your money, because I, I, I really, we, we don't need it. I mean, we do, but we don't. You know what we need more as a, as a body of believers than anything else? You know what I need more as your pastor from you than anything else? 
is that you would trust God with your whole life. And the biggest indicator of trusting God with our whole life is our finances. That's why scripture says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You value me, God says. You value me, then it should be demonstrated. And here's the miraculous part of that. Debbie and I have lived in plenty and, and want. I mean, we, we've had no money. Uh, we've had a significant amount of debt. We, we, we have fought over our finances. Uh, we've had to sit down to decide what bills we're going to pay and what ones we're not. Right? So, so when you look at me, when you look at my wife and you hear this conversation, it, it's, it's this idea that we have trusted God with all of our life. And in those times, we have tithed. It's It is something that believers do. So, what is it? What does it take for you to get over the hump? What would it take for God, for you to trust God in that area? What it, would it take for you to not be angry with what I'm saying or shut me off by what I'm saying? What would it take? When, when everything is said and done, when all is said and done, it's about trusting God with everything. And what I've seen and what Debbie's seen and what many people in this room have seen is that when we trusted God with that 10%, he's done the miraculous with the 90. We have sat down a number of times where we wrote out all our bills and there was no way that we should be able to pay it. And God provided. And so, so before we can even talk about caring for the needy, we have to talk about this. Malachi 3, 8, and 9 says this. Will man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Wow. That's a big verse, isn't it? And it's in regards to tithes and offerings. So, so, here's the question. Well, I've been asking lots of questions. What does that mean for us? If, if, I'll tell you what it means for you. Scripture says that you're cursed because you rob him. But when you bless him when you give, you're blessed. I, 
I wonder, I wonder when, we were, when, when I read that scripture out of Nehemiah, I wonder how much of them honoring God in their tithes and offerings was tied to the fact that they were under captivity. Was tied to the fact that they had no freedom. And here comes Nehemiah and he wants to reestablish them. He wants, them, wants to reset them up. Feels like God is leading them to do this. And one of the first things that he does is we're going to start worshiping God again. And we're going to do this by tithes and offerings. And what does God do? They built this wall around this city in a record amount of time. And while that was happening, people were attacking them. So they had a weapon in one hand and a trowel in another building this wall. You see, when we honor God in our finances, he makes it happen. So, again, the question is, what is it that keeps you from doing it? What is it that keeps you from trusting God in it? Is it an argument? Is it a discussion? What really is it? I can tell you for me and Debbie, Debbie and I, where we've second-guessed tithing has been when something big was happening financially. Uh, an engine went out or our, our tires went out or, <laughs> or, or something happened that we were unaware of. Somebody got a speeding ticket and that was his fault and our insurance was supposed to go down. Uh, <laughs> and we've had this conversation. You did what? Yes. I'm sorry, babe. We talk stuff through. We make the decision that no matter what, we're going to tithe and honor God in our finances. And he provided and provides in miraculous ways. I, I've had God provide in miraculous ways, whether it be uh, a check in the mail uh, from some random person or a complete stranger or... We're going into Les Schwab and all of a sudden all our tires are paid for. So God uses other people to provide f for his people. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, so, so again, before we can move on to giving to the needy, What do you do with what God has given you? How do you recognize his sovereignty? And what I mean by sovereignty, his ownership and control over everything. See, here's, here's the difference. When, when I, mm, I'm going to go on a, can I borrow your cup, please? Oh, sweet coffee. And I'll borrow your cup, right? Okay. My goodness, I'm going to throw out a soul, my shoulder on that one. Okay, so, so Sean has just a little bit of coffee in it, right? So, so sometimes what we do is, 
is, is we treat it like a restaurant, right? So it's a consumer idea or mentality. Oh, well, I'll give because God's going to give me something. You, you know this, right? Oh, I'm going to give because I want to get. Right? I'm going to give this cup of coffee because I want to get. Like a vending machine. Yeah! Put my money in. I'm going to tip. But really, when it comes down to it, really, when it comes on, down to it, all, all that was God's. Right? All of it was God's. This is a ginormous cup, isn't it? Okay, all of that was God's. He owns everything. And he lets me participate in it, right? And so when we sit down to do our tithes or we make that decision that we're going to tithe, what we're doing is we're changing from this consumer mentality to this mentality that God owns everything. And so, so a consumer mentality that says, oh, I'm going to get, 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 right? But, but when we say that God owns everything, all of a sudden that's change, that changes. Because then we look at what we have. <laughs> and Christine's coffee is gross. I'm sorry, dude. Um, and so it's got all kinds of frilly stuff in it. Um, focus, Sean, focus. And so all of a sudden it changes to look at all that God has given me. Look, look at how gracious he is to me. Look at how kind he is to me. So we, we change from a consumer mentality to a gratitude mentality. God's so gracious. I mean, just think about it. I mean, you, 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 every person in this room, you, you make the top 1% wages of the entire world. Right? What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Well, it's mine. It's cursed. It's not honoring to God. It's, scripture says that you're robbing God. But in truth, you're robbing yourself. You're making a decision. I'm making a decision to be under a curse. He doesn't honor that. He doesn't bless that. And you're going to continue to struggle with the same things you struggle with because you're cursed, baby. And God's like, hey, you got two rewards. You be, you know, receive the approval of man or approval of God. You'd be blessed or you could be. Oh, that says boss lady, not blessed lady. Uh, <laughs> or you could be cursed. Uh, I'm sorry, Sean. I ruined your cup of coffee. I'll make you another one after church. I made Christine's better, though. Uh, 
And so, so when we start this conversation about caring for the needy, thank you, sir, we have, to, we have to address the conversation of where our heart is, where the foundation is, right? Because if we ain't getting the foundation right, the building's going to be flawed and broken. It's going to be corrupt. It's going to be cursed. And God doesn't want... One father goes, oh, honey, I want to curse you. I wouldn't ever say that to any of my kids. I want my kids to be blessed, right? I want them to trust me. I want them to know that, that I'm going to do my best to care for them and love them and provide for them. And, and when they bring me snacks that I bought, that I work for, I'm going to be excited because they gave me a snack, but it's still mine. I'm going to bless that. And God does the same with us. So again, when we get down to the nitty and gritty and we were really honest to God, does he have your heart? Does he really have your heart? Well, if he has my heart, it's demonstrable. I have my kids' hearts. I have Rama's heart. I know I do. Because my little four-year-old, have you ever seen a four-year-old share? They don't. When that little four-year-old comes up to me and she hands me something, she says, there you go, Daddy. Just say, Daddy, right? Just say, Daddy. Here, take my wallet. Just say, Daddy. <laughs> but it, it... So when she does that, even though I know it's mine, even though I know it belonged to me, I bless that. That's what I want my kids to do, is to be generous and give. And here's what's so amazing. That's what God wants his kids to do. And so if there's like this stumbling block, if there's something in between, if there's a hesitation or something, why is it there? Now, if you were honest, and you said, well, well, it's a scriptural reason. I think it's done. If you and I were honest, and we read through scripture, and we saw how it predated the law, and we saw how Jesus encouraged it. In fact, he not only encouraged it, but he increased it. Because he, he highlighted the woman that gave the two, uh, what are they called? Mites, two mites. I was going to say pence. I was thinking UK, but it's totally not UK. Two pence, right? And she gave everything that she had. He honored her. Why? Jesus amped it up. I don't want just some. I want all your heart. Changes it, doesn't it? So if it's, what is it that we justify not honoring God or Let's back it up. 
not trusting God with what he's provided and honoring him and giving. What is it? <laughs> if you're married, you're going to have a real amazing conversation after church. You're welcome. But this is, this is, this is the heart of the matter, isn't it? How can I give to the needy and God honor that when I can't even honor him with all that I have? Thus, when you give to the needy, I must leave it there, right? And let that dwell. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that there may be... Uh, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Beware of practicing your righteousness before the other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now let's look at this. So it says, when you give to the needy. So this idea of giving to the needy is not like a, ah, maybe. It's a, again, it's an expected thing, right? So when we give to the needy, when we give to the poor, when we feed the hungry, when we clothe the naked, when we visit those in prison, all these things... When we care for the orphan, these are all things that are expected of believers. Why is it expected of believers? Why is he saying, when you do this? Because this is what his kids do. You, look, you and I look more like our Father who is in heaven when we're generous. Because if you really consider all that God is, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God, and you consider all that he's done, in spite of humanity's unfaithfulness, in spite of humanity's rebellion, in spite of humanity's war against him, he says that he wants to love and bless us. And so he gave his son, who was innocent, died on the cross, rose from the grave, and he, he took what we deserved. So when we look at this idea and this mentality... When you do this, and this idea and mentality of God, who's generous and giving, we, we look more like him when we give. When we see a need and meet a need. What's interesting is that scripture, it says that, thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet, before you? Have you ever heard the phrase, toot your own horn? That's where it comes from. So like when you're given to the needy, don't go, ka, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. Right? I mean, you see that idea. And let, let's keep on going. Uh, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you that they've received their reward. But when you, you give to the needy a second time, do not let, not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. 
And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Right? Oh, wow. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet. Again, when you give to the needy, let not your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What's interesting is that a lot of these phrases in here are some of the phrases that we get uh, like theater. Theater. You know that word theater? So when you give, it's that idea of to be seen, right? So when it's the trumpet and when it's the uh, left hand or right hand, uh, it's that idea to be seen. It's, the word is theatinai. Theatinai is where we get the word theater. Hypocrites is where we get the word, uh, where we tie into like acting and actors. And so when we read this, he's saying that, that when you give, don't make it a scene like a theater. And so when we see this, and we see this idea, we have to look at it as like an audience because somebody's consistently watching, right? So let me read that. Let me read this piece of scripture with the mindset of audience in mind. Are you following me? Okay, here we go. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Oh, wait. I've got this totally backwards. I, I'm reading from verse like two in my notes. Did you notice this? Okay, here's what it should say. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others. That's at the end of my notes when I copied and pasted it. I'm sorry. Uh, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. That be seen by them is that word uh, theate, right? Where we get the word theater. Uh, for then you will, be, you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. And in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So we see this and tell me who are the, who's the audience that we should be shooting for. God. Okay, so there's two audiences in this. One is God. Who's the other? People. One is God, and the other is what? People. So the audiences are what? God and people, right? Okay, so now let's flip your Bible. This is interesting to me. Matthew 5, 16. This is the same sermon, right? 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I'm going to read that again. In the same way, let your, shine, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Does that seem like it's challenging that other idea of giving in secret? It does, doesn't it? And here's what's interesting. The Old Testament and even in the New Testament, uh, we see that people gave publicly, right? So uh, Sean unwillingly gave me, his, well, no, it was willing. Sean gave me his cup of coffee in public, right? I mean, so does that mean that, that that's the only reward that he gets? No. When we look at this, we need to look at it from various angles. The first one is this, is that, is that our motive for giving I'm going to borrow this. So our, she's so generous. <laughs> so, our, oh, it automatically opens. So our motive for giving, I, was, I would argue that it has to do with our motive. Because the truth is, is that when I'm living this life, people are watching and they'll see the things that I do, right? I'll give you an example. When we were uh, broke down on Highway 2 in the middle of a wheat field, uh, I was pretty frustrated, but I was up on the top of a wheat field calling people and trying to get through. And then, then I was like, okay, we're just going to pray. So I walked down to the car, I opened the door, I sat in the van, and there's Debbie, and then there's Emmett, Rama, and Lily. And I said, we're just going to pray and see how far this van goes. So we prayed, Right? And it started, and it drove all the way to Big Wally, so over 10 miles away, right? And so what's interesting about that, I'm thinking nothing of it. And then I was reading the Bible with Emmett last week. And we're talking about examples of people praying and God doing something. And he said, Dad, it's like that time, because all this is way past history, it's like that time when you prayed and God started the van. And for me, that wasn't like a big moment. But after I hear him say that, it's a huge moment. And it's this, this idea that God... I mean, we have all kinds of people watching us, and I've got four kids, and they're constantly watching me, and they're constantly seeing my flaws and my brokenness. But when they see a moment like that, like, this is amazing. And so when we read this piece of scripture, it's not like that idea, where we do things and follow God and other people see it and go, wow, God, you're amazing. You could use that guy? <laughs> it's this idea that, that when, we, when we do give, when we do live this out, that what's the motive behind it? Right? Because I said there were two audiences. The audience of God 
the one and the audience of man, right? And so I have Deb Shirley's phone. And so the audience of man would be like, hey, look, I got this phone. I, I have it for Deb. I, I, just, <laughs> I just want you to see how generous I am and how awesome I am, right? You get, you get how awesome I am, right? How generous I am, I'm going give to this, give this to Deb, right? Oh, that's so cool. Uh, okay, so, so that's one way to go about it. Here, here's, here's what I think that the scripture is really pushing us towards. It's pushing us towards this idea, not only that we give, but, but our motives is, is I, I think you should have that. You're welcome. Uh, is our, our motive is different. And, and here's how we determine our motive. If, 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 we could, if we could do it secretly, and nobody would know, nobody would find out, would you still do it? Do you see? So if, 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 I could, if I could give, if I could give that phone to Deb Shirley, even though it's her phone, uh, if I could give that sweet phone to Deb Shirley, and I could do it without anybody's approval, without anybody's applause, if I could do it, then, then I have the right motive. See, because when it comes down to it, is that when we do things on the behalf of God, when we, when we give in the name of God, when we, when we give to the needy, when we care for those that are around us, when we see a need, meet a need, the truth is, is that somebody's watching. Right? And somebody's going to get the applause, somebody's going to get the approval, and somebody's going to get the honor. You see, God calls us to be a sign pointing to him. And so when we do stuff like that, that he gets the approval, he gets the applause, and he gets the honor. Right? But here's what's crazy. The approval, the applause, and the honor is, is something that's outward. But really the truth is, is the approval, the, the applause, and the honor is super inward. Because if I do it to bring God honor and praise, he says that he rewards that. But if I do it to receive honor and praise, then that's what I get. It's like two rewards, now or later. Gods or man. And what's interesting about the word of man is the Bible says that it proves to be a snare. Proverbs 29.5 says that the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. John 5.41-44 says this, I do not receive glory from people, but I know that I do not have the love of God, that, excuse me, that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you'll receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another 
and do so, do not seek the glory that comes only from God. John 10, 12, 42 through 43 says this, for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but the, for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. So this idea of loving man's approval more than God is not so new. And so when it talks about how do we give to the needy, how do we give to the poor, that we're to do it in secret. And really what it's getting to is we're doing it in such a way that God receives all the applause, all the approval, and all the honor. Do you see how that plays out? Do you see how that's a tense issue for all of us? Because part of us wants people to know what we did. But really when it comes down to, we're to want people to know what God has done. Are you following me? So it's that tense thing that we point people to God, but we also do it in such a way that God receives the praise and the glory. Because the truth is, is that we can receive the applause, the approval, and the recognition. Or God can receive the applause, the approval, and the recognition. Do you see that? Yeah, people-pleasing and self-pleasing. When we think alike, somebody that belongs to Jesus, somebody that has a relationship with God, we should think of people that are generous, that are giving, that are kind, that are loving. It should flow and not the opposite. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 11 says this. If anyone is poor among you, your fellow Israelites, in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. The seventh, the seventh year, the year for canceling debt is near so that you do not show ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give to them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to them. And do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. 
There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Do you see this idea of the contrast? Close-fisted, hard-hearted, and begrudging. Open-handed, generous, and loving. Do you see the difference in that? (laughs) Wow! So... Let's go back to the first question. What is it that's keeping you from honoring God with all that you have in tithing? You got it in your head? Could I encourage you in this way that you challenge that? That you trust God with all that you are? And you see him move in that situation. Because if he doesn't have all of it, he doesn't have any of it. Second is this. What is motivating you to give? Not only, well, what motivates you to, hold on, let me, what motivates you to give to the needy? Is it because you want the approval of man? It's because you want the attention? As believers, we're called to the audience of one. That we do it because this is what God would have us do. And we do it with a different attitude. Open-handed. Generous. And loving. Big difference, isn't it? Do you see the difference? So let me ask you this. If you were to go, I'm going to take a step back and look at my life. Or even have someone take a step back and look at your life. Would they say you are close-fisted, hard-hearted, and begrudging? Would they say that you're open-handed, generous, and loving. God calls us to the latter. So really what we have to deal with this morning is two things. Does God have all of my heart? Meaning he has everything I am. Meaning I trust him even with my money. Second one is when it comes to others. Am I generous or am I closed-fisted? Let's just do that. Closed-fisted or open-handed. Would you just take a moment to just bow your head?
Where are you at with both of those statements? If you were to be honest to God, where would you be? Lord Jesus, um, we find that most of us don't give. So I ask you to give us the courage to trust you in our finances to look at all that you have provided and be thankful for it and thankful for what you've done. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would move from a consumer mentality to a grateful generous mentality God I pray for every couple that's in this room this morning that um, may have to have this conversation later I pray that you would um, encourage them that you give them peace that you give them the courage to have this tough conversation and that uh, Lord that we would be a church that we would be filled with homes of people who trust you with everything. So bring peace and hope, bring clarity and honor and praise to yourself. Lord Jesus, I ask that you'd help us not to be so caught up in ourselves that we neglect to see the opportunity to meet a need. Lord, I ask that you would help us to see needs and respond to those by meeting them. That we would step out in faith and boldness and that you would receive all applause, all honor, everything. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your, the privilege of claiming your name and ask that you would have your way in us and through us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you stand? All that stand.